VTR Thames 5398 in Doctor Who, the complete menagerie. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode two of season two of Doctor Who, the complete menagerie. Almost, it's lovely to be welcomed. It is. It's uh, the sex issue. Uh, oh, <laughs> I'm Sam. Welcome. <laughs> Tom. I'm Craig. How's you doing? Well, yeah, good. You know, bad, yeah. It's getting very warm in here. Just, I'm getting oh, moist just I'm, thinking about food. I'm actually going to take my jacket off. I've, I recently bought a, a new jacket, which both the... We uh, are admiring it greatly. Yes, yes. It's so a I'm beauty. take it off because it's, it's, I'm getting hot under the collar. Ooh. Because it's the sex issue. It's the sexy, sexy, sex, sex. We all know who the sexiest companion is. <laughs> We've all had sex. <laughs> <laughs> not, not this morning. Well, not with each other, but you know. Well, no. Uh, <laughs> who knows where this podcast will take us? Who knows? I'm a voyage of discovery. Voyage of self-abuse. <laughs> <laughs> An unwanted usury. <laughs> so if you haven't had sex before, then listen in because we're going to give you some tips. <laughs> I'll give you my tip. <laughs> <laughs> We've even got Sam doing the duplicate. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've had, what, 12 or 13 episodes of this uh, of this nonsense. And, and now Sam is making duplicate. And he's come to a head. <laughs> hey! 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 <laughs> <laughs> I have to keep that list. <laughs> this episode is called Hanky Panky, which of course references uh, John Nathan Turner. JNT. John Nathan Turner. <laughs> <laughs> He's dead, Miss Babs. He's dead, Miss Babs. <laughs> <laughs> Who didn't like Hanky Panky in the TARDIS, but no. as we know, he loved it. He loved it in the real life, didn't he? Yeah. 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 He loved it in yeah. the old. Uh, how's your father? <laughs> how's your father? Oh, how's your... <laughs> Before we get underway, <laughs> can I just seed my line? <laughs> 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 you can see whatever you like. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. And, and, and my loin is thus. Your loins are. <laughs> you think I don't know that? I have been here rather longer than you have, but danger's not going to scare me into doing nothing. There's no doublon tonnerage in that, so I don't know why you've chosen that one, but uh, I don't know. Can you say it again, please? You think I don't know that? I've been here rather longer than you have. But danger's not going to scare me into doing nothing. It, it's, it's not the Doctor, is it? It's not the Doctor saying that. I was about to ask that. Is it a Doctor Who saying? I think it's Hartnell. Ah. It's not Hartnell. Bugger. I don't think it's Doctor Who saying it. Tom, you're right. You see, I think it's not got the ring of Doctor Who saying it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a villain of some sort. Or a... Mm, yeah, okay. it could be. I've got no idea. Is actually. it Philip Latham in The Five Doctors? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> Well, have a think about seeded. it. We're seeded. Yes. We're seeded. That loin has been seeded. Yes, it can yeah. uh, fester in our loins. <laughs> let's let's not tarry any longer. Let's go straight to the heart of the, of the TARDIS. TARDIS. <laughs> I said ref- we're referencing our heart of the TARDIS. The heart of the TARDIS. The heart. Is it the, the mind, Robert? <laughs> in the time lash, it's sexiest companions. There's a lot of them. Let's roll the videotape. Oh, but it's all arranged. Megan and I have important things to discuss. Yes, Doctor. 
yeah, the time lash. Right, uh, now, we've long wanted to talk about sex in the TARDIS and the sexiest companions, but it, it, it took us a season to bed in, yeah. <laughs> as it were, uh, <laughs> before we felt confident enough to even t- to even raise this issue, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> we just assumed we the double hoot, as the actress said for the bishop. Yes. <laughs> It's a bit wearying, but yes. <laughs> yes. But uh, so, so uh, traditionally, uh, as we all know, Doctor Who has had a companion. Uh, so you've had Doctor Who uh, played by William Hartnell originally, <laughs> <laughs> and then he had a bit. Uh, you know, he was. A... We can take that as red. <laughs> Come to the chase. This is a beginner's guide to Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, no, don't, 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 don't give me that tone. <laughs> The listeners are newbies, you know, so I'm trying to get to the heart of the matter, the heart of the TARDIS. William Hartnell's career has started. He was in Brighton Rock. (laughs) There was the crotchety old man, of course, and then there was the the, the teachers who, for a child, you know, Barbara, were the the, uh, older people, but then you had the sexy companion, which was Susan. So the original sex pot was Susan. Now it's a bit strange that she was a granddaughter. Fifteen, apparently. Fifteen, but she still was a bit of something for the dads, wasn't she? have to say, now we're older in our 30s. Ian and Barbara I know. are a hot couple. Yeah, I know. Well, that's, I was going to come to that later, but... Oh, come. Later. If you like. Um, so, and, and, and since then, every, uh, every Doctor Who has had, has had a sexy companion. A sexy yes. female companion. Some male, some, some female. Some most, sexier than others. Some sexier than others. And, and it's part of the... Uh, and they retain that in the new Who series. How do we define sexiness? Because it's not necessarily uh, traditional beauty, is no, it? No, sometimes it's intelligence. Intelligence? <laughs> what are you talking not about? All women have boobs and legs, do but they? Not, not all women are sexy. That's true. No, no okay, we'll get, again, we'll get to that. Mm, but I want I know to who you're start talking about. With, the idea, with the idea that... Is it OK to, to sort of have a bloke who's, who's Doctor Who and then he's got a sexy companion? That's OK, isn't it, in this day and age? Well, they're doing it now, aren't they? They're doing it. The new series, they're all doing it. They're all doing it. I don't know, it wasn't... Matt Smith into one of his companions or something. Anyway, he was into it. Into who, who, cares, who cares? Well, there is a sort of a, a, you know a, a rather sort of sexist uh, thing. But let's get over that. Let's let's climb over the feminism. Let's yes. have a, get over that hurdle. The feminism hurdle. Let's say the it's hurdle. It's the hurdle. Yes. <laughs> let's, let's say it's okay. Uh, I'm just what I'm doing it's is okay. predicating this whole conversation in the fact that we don't seem as awful human beings by talking about how sexy uh, Perry is, for example. Okay. Well, we're going to make it sort of equal rights because I'll lust over some of the. Boys. As well. Okay, well that's 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 the, the rule. We don't want a, a Twitter campaign against us, do we, Sam? No, no. It'd be no, nice no. to have some tweets about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, what I was going to say is to introduce this. I reckon we should all privately, privately write down our sexiest three companions. Do we have to guess each other's? No, no. I think we just 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 before we start our conversation, then we reveal them. The top three. Top three, and then and then have a conversation about it, and then see. If Can I have a top four? Yeah, why not? Okay. Okay, so there they are. Character name or... <laughs> is it character name uh, or... Uh, I, I'm going with actor. Yeah. Oh, it's in. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't more burps and farts, perhaps. Loin cloth, yes. And then possibly... Um, I, uh, no, I think she was... Sexiest actor. I've got two. I'm not sure I've got another one. Um, you have one of mine. I've got four. <laughs> You've got the yes, I've got right. a foursome going on here. <laughs> sexy, sexy, sexy. We're we doing a four. The 80s, I, I don't think I can narrow it down anymore than four. 
Right, right, done it, done it. Okay, well, let's have yours. Uh, I'm doing three. Let's have yours, uh, Sam. Right, can I can I have a fourth? Go and have. Okay. Uh, oh, I've just, just suddenly thought That's of another one. Said. <laughs> hey. uh, let's put her in at number two. No, number one, I think. Yes, it's like blind date. <laughs> With the late Silla Black. Yes, dead now. So, Sam, let's have your f- top four. Top four. <laughs> I'm not joining in, but I don't know what's going on, sir. It's an early riser, it's Polly at number four. Hey, Polly at number four, sir. I've always liked Polly. She's the quintessential dolly bird of the 60s. At number three, it's loincloth wearing Leela. Yes, why not? In at number two, it's Mary Tam Romana, number one. And at number one, it's Pertwee's favourite, Joe Grant. Do Great. Well, uh, uh, Katie Man in. Yes. Okay. I've put Sarah Jane at number four. I've put uh, Barbara at number three. Uh, yeah. Leader at number two. You can't not have Leader in your top four. Four. Oh, <laughs> epic I am. Um, and Romana at one. Yes, as my top. Oh, Mary Tam. Yes. Do you know there's a bit of, if you freeze frame it in Face of Evil, Leela's first story, you can actually see her buttocks. <laughs> yeah. right. Honestly, you can. Put that one down. Here's <laughs> <laughs> Leela. Which episode? I uh, can't remember, but oh, you can, oh, I'll, I'll oh, look it up for you, but you can see her full butt crack. Oh, you see the works. Top four for the, for the chaps. Well, actually, I've got two women and two men. Ah, yes, yes uh, very modern. In no particular order, in no particular order, I've got Michael Craze, oh, yes, who yes, played yes. Ben Jackson. And you can't have one without the other. I've got Annika Wills, who played Polly. Oh, no. I think they're wonderful together. Very sexy, both of them. Mm. Um, I've got, <laughs> I've got uh, Sophie Aldred. And I think he's come very come, sexy. Come, very come. Sexy. What are you, this is explained by your homosexuality. <laughs> yeah, She's elite. Well... I would say, let's She's get pretty. to number four. She's, well, you know what number four is. Turlo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mark. You can have Turlo, because uh, I'm not, not, a, not, a, not a homosexualist, but uh, mm. I must take issue, as it were, <laughs> with, uh, with the issue. <laughs> with Sophie Aldred. Take <laughs> <laughs> she, she's not. She's no in no way sexy. I just don't think she's sexy. She's she's she's, she's, she's a not. She's not. She's a handsome woman. She's obviously intelligent. She's a terrible she's, actress. She's. Oh, 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 oh. I'll take this outside. <laughs> well, can you do, can you somehow describe her sexiness, Greg? She's very tomboyish and overtly sexual, and I like the fact that she becomes more sexual as uh, as the stories progress. She's sexual, but about, is it sexy? It's not sexy. No, I think Tur- she's. Tur- I think Tur- she's sexy. Tur- I mean, she's no, Turlo. <laughs> I think she's sexy. I, I really? find her very sexy. Really? I mean, she made me question what? my <laughs> made me question no my question. sexuality. Question. Uh, yeah, well, I was only a <laughs> question. Question marks. <laughs> 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 Anyway, exhausted already. Yeah, we're all very red-faced. Yeah, I know, yeah. The blood is rushing to our heads. Well, that's thank goodness it's not. Did you question your sexuality? Well, you I said she's only, tomboy. I was only a boy, but I, I had I a, sort of a, a, a boyish crush on her, really? and I still right. find her very sexy. I think there's something very sexy, very kind of openly. It's like, like I was saying before, it's not necessarily anything to do with traditional ideas of beauty or whatever. Yeah. But although she's a good-looking woman, but this. She's something very sexy about her, about the way she 
conducts herself. She's very popular with lesbians. Mm. Well, that might be it, because uh, she's not popular with me. And what about you, Sam? I think uh, she's not sexy at all. I, I thought she was pretty when I was younger, a pretty face. Well, yeah, but we I didn't, I didn't find we were... her attractive when I was younger, and I, I don't really yeah. find her sexy now. I, I... Post-1980, there were none. Uh, you know. uh, this is the thing I was going to touch on. I don't yeah. think... JNT's idea of sexy women in the 80s was a very kind of magazine view. It was girls in tight outfits. Even Janet, they, even ba- Janet Bielding characters. says Were that, there any sexy people in the 80s? There was, there was Grace Jones in View to a Kill. <laughs> <laughs> she was sexy. Well, I don't think anyone Roger was. Moore hated her. Yes, but I don't think there were any well. sexy people in the 80s. They were all wearing puffball skirts. Bad hair. Bad hair yeah. and silly, silly day-glow fluorescent socks. So that, that I mean, Perry was probably the raunchiest, especially in the bikini, but she, she was, was such a bad character. See, she was raunchy. She was, uh, yeah, she wasn't but a so, good character. Sophie Aldred was sort of uh, no, sort of no makeup, wasn't she? No nonsense. I mean, obviously she did wear she did makeup, wear but she looked, yeah. she looked like she somebody. A, no, she was a very good makeup. character, and she was a very well written character, I think, compared mm. to some of them. But like, let, let's let's think about the eighties eighties companions. Nissa. I mean, come on, he'd rather have wet, flannel. wet rag, you know, than yeah. often we have <laughs> between episodes. But oh, uh... rag. <laughs> <laughs> that isn't sexy, that word. Rag is a least sexy word. Um, Something we do agree on is though it's Mary Tam, and I think do, Tom I would think be with that, you on that. I, I agree yeah. with that. I think she's too beautiful. Oh, I think, I think so, she's very she's beautiful. Woman. Statuesque, is she? Statuesque, which is dignified. Not sexy. Not I must sexy. say though, sexy uh, this is, goes back to childhood. Uh, you know, what, 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 when does our sex drive appear? But I used to think she was the most beautiful woman ever. Mm. She I used is. to be sort of beautiful. madly in love with yeah. her. But then you see her performance in Doctor Who, compared, and I used to think, what? What would Tom Baker? Tom Baker married married no the other one, Alan Ward, married to Richard. Science is interesting, and if you don't agree, you can fuck off. I could never understand that. I could. I looked at Mary Tam. She's just beautiful, gorgeous, brilliant, lovely. You go, the white out, you go. Why was I doing Michael Winner? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and then and then along comes uh, uh, Romana. I, 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 <laughs> I couldn't see the appeal. Along. Then as you get older, you realise that that actually she is sexy. Isn't Would she? you have sex with Lala Ward? Oh, I'd have sex with anyone. <laughs> uh, you know, not now I'm married, but you know, given. You Give the chance. If Richard Dawkins okayed it, would you? Well, if you yeah. watched, <laughs> if Richard Dawkins were to write a, a bit of evolutionary biology whilst we were at it, I definitely have sex with the Science is interesting. Um, no, I, I, yes, I think no. So I'd say maybe I should I should put Romana one and two as number one because they had some different elements of sexiness, didn't they? I, I, I mean, I, I'm just going over the same point. But Mary Tam, very beautiful, but not sexy for me. Not sexy at all. She's too she was icy. She was unattainable. Oh, yeah. that's what was cool. So that's what we like. That, don't we, Sam? I liked. I liked her intelligence with her sex. Yes, I exactly. do like intelligence. Yes, yeah. yes. And that's one of the reasons I find Perry a bit of a turnoff because she's just a, a whinging ninny. <laughs> she also I mean, is quite available in terms of what she shows off. Yes, yeah. and it's a slutty. bit like slutty. Yes, so. I can still see it in my mind's eye <laughs> me and, me for a whole week. <laughs> me, and, uh, me and Sam both like unobtainable women, which is very helpful because we find all women unobtainable. So I'm surprised, but you love it. You say you like intelligence, yet you put Joe Grant at the top. Yeah, was, yeah. I think a, a hamfisted ah, but this a is a different what? bond vendor. Yeah, but she, she grew in the part. But she grew. She grew. <laughs> and I have, as you know, <laughs> mild. 
obsession with the early 70s. Yes. And I just think she looks amazing in Doctor Who. Uh, she does. The way she dresses. She looks so good in clothes, and that's a sexy thing. It is, but she isn't... I, yeah, she's so dim. Uh, and I'm not suggesting Katie Manning's dim at all. That's, that's not she, she is. She is. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, she is. But, but so, we love you, Katie. No, but, but, um, we love you, you star-spangled thing. Is it anything to do with... The, bells on your toes. <laughs> is it anything to do with a plunger? Ah, well, we'll come back. The priapic we'll plunger. Come, we'll come to that. She was, I think, one of the first companions, though, to have quite an overt sexuality in the show. I mean, she did pull a few guys in it. Well, let's talk about this, because I've just said that Mary Tam, extremely beautiful but not sexy. Katie Manning even used to say, oh, I've got flat hair. I'm, like, I'm bow-legged. sighted I'm bow-legged. I'm flat-chested. But blimey, she's sexy. I mean, I say yeah, that I as, a, as a, a homosexual, a practising homosexual. <laughs> she, she thought you got it. But she's way now. sexier than Mary Tam. <laughs> Way sexy, I think. Well, yeah. I tell you to find sexiness, but uh, yes, yeah, she's, she's kind of uh, sort of more youthful, I suppose, and a bit more yeah. sort of fun. Yeah, mm. it, youthful in a, in a good way. You know, people like Victoria. You know, you forget how young they were in Doctor Who. Victoria's barely twenty years I old. About Victoria, she should be on my list actually. And Zoe, I thought he was a big fan of Zoe. Oh yes, Zoe's bum. Zoe's arse Zoe's in bum. the mind yeah. in the mind oh, rubber. About that, sorry about that. Wendy Padbury. Yes. You know, she still looks good actually. She Wendy Padbury. I don't know what she has in her teeth. Yeah, Fra- Fraser was a very good-looking boy as well. You know. I'm surprised you didn't list him. To be yes, honest, I'm surprised. Well. I mean, I, I could only do a top four, but I do think Fraser was very sexy. Right. I can't in fact, believe I, you think Fraser Hines is, is, is less sexy than Sophie Aldred. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> but there we go. I was trying to sort of balance it out a bit, yes, I think. Yes, you know, I, didn't, I didn't want to just sort of list all the males. That's why I, I put Murder Cribbins in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny, isn't it, when you, you sort of grow up with a show and you watch it for a long time, and, and then as, you're, as you become older, your tastes change and develop. Mm, so yeah. as, as a kid, as a you know, 15 to 21-year-old when I, I would have had a sex drive. In your prime, you were. I never would have looked at William Russell and thought, gosh, he, he's actually quite handsome. I oh, never would have looked no, at Tom Baker, who's not a traditionally handsome man, but thought, goodness, he's sexy. I mean, I know we're talking about the companions, but I think there is a sexy quality to Tom Baker. Well, it's the charisma, which, you know, I think... Yeah. You know, doctors two to four certainly have, and that mm. charisma is, you know, attractive. Mm. Not necessarily in a sexy way, but for some people it is. I mean, Mr. Pertwee had a very Romanesque nose. And, um, <laughs> so who can say yes. what his penis looked like? And that woman who lived in Oldborn. <laughs> episode one. We're going to be beeping that. People are going to be asking so many so questions. They're both dead now. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yes, I think you, you, and that's why I put Barbara in my list. I mean, I mean, the idea of Barbara being on my list when I was a kid—it was ridiculous. I say I'm 37 now, but we, I think we watched the—I watched the Daleks a few years ago. Was like, she's hot in those leather trousers. trousers. Yeah, crumbs are locks of mercy. <laughs> and also, she's intelligent. I suppose—is it sexy though? Uh, but she's certainly a turn-on, as it were. I like the um, Ian and Barbara in uh, the Romans. Yes, when they're clearly. Post-coital, aren't they? Well, that's they're, the they're, yes. And they're, they're, but they're very sexy. I mean, William Russell, very handsome, great leading man, and very sexy. And I think Barbara was sexy too with her big sixties hair. <laughs> but that's that's because we're older now. That's I what I'm saying. You're going to say then. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, you know, tastes change. But I think what doesn't change, Leela will always be there. You know, she's not in your list. But the, mm. I think that I like Louise Jameson as an actor. In terms much. of the uh, in terms of the amount of leg and uh, flesh on show, which caused a lot of controversy in its but day, it's, didn't it? I'm not surprised. It would do now. It's incredible. She's mm. very incredible nice as well. And mm. she's a, she's a, she's a sort of a savage, which also means you know national 
Geographic, flicking through National Geographic, you know. And a very fine actor. She was very much... Very intelligent. Of the time, her look as well. It's the, the Jacqueline Bissett era, so the long yeah, hair. Yeah. You know, plenty of cleavage on offer, lots of leg. And, yeah. you know, she fits... Yeah, she fits that remit well. She does. She it's, all, it, you yeah. watch those uh, uh, things on BBC Four about the top of the pops, not those, on, not the U uh, Tree investigation, <laughs> but uh, the, the Pam's one, people. Pam's people. You think, yeah. bloody hell, good stuff. There was, uh, you know, there was a lot for the a lot of blue for the dads in those days, wasn't yeah. there? Leader on BBC One, and oh, legs. Saturday there was legs and curl on ITV. What do we have now? What do we have now? Janet Street Port. Rambling through the countryside. Wittering on fences and styles. Is that a sex appeal? I don't think so. Yes, I agree. Greg, you wanted to touch on... Touch. You really did. On unsexy characters in Doctor Who, particularly the, the, the companions. You, you think there's a few, and you... you this is, is this Tom, Tom hit the nail on the head, actually, and I was, one of the questions I was going to ask is, what would we say with the, was the sexiest era of companions? Oh, I right. think probably 70s. the 60s. 60s. Yes. I, I think late 60s Didn't to early white, 70s. Yeah. But uh, if not the 60s, the 70s. But the 80s was a bit of a dearth, really, oh, wasn't dear it? Me. Uh, one companion in particular who isn't sexy is... Uh, we've talked about this before. Yes, it's yeah. Mel. It's Bonnie Langford. Mel in her pyjamas in Delta and the Bannermen. Yeah, not a turn No, not a turn God, Not at all. Why? I mean... What is that what, about? Is it, a companion should be sexy, though, shouldn't they? It's, I think so. It's kind of a, a requisite requirement. Sorry, mm. I repeated myself. It is. It, it, you know, you compare the 80s to just a simple scene in Doctor Who and Doctor Who and the Silurians, yeah. where you have... Liz Shaw in a wonderful red miniskirt, oh, yeah. kneeling under Bessie, yeah. and saying, "Doctor, it would make a nice night for us." And you're yes. thinking, Bessie was the wood. car, wasn't yes. she? Was not, not, yeah. not, not a supporting character. Yes. <laughs> the doctor says, "I need to change the oil." <laughs> and I think it's John Nathan Turner's misunderstanding of what sexy is even is too much on the nose Janet Fielding said that herself didn't she she said I, I was John Nathan Turner's idea of what a sexy yeah. woman was yeah. and she said that very modestly as if to suggest that she's, she's not sexy I'm sure she's a very attractive woman but she's not particularly sexy is she Janet she's, Fielding she's good card player <laughs> <laughs> mind like Swiss cheese <laughs> you mean hard yeah, for <laughs> So we Never saw her again. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes, the 80s were very unsexy. The 60s were sexy, but in a more innocent way. Mm. By the 70s, it got a bit lurid. It had, full colour. Full colour, and that maybe didn't help. But, uh, you mm. know, so by the, I didn't even... I had Barbara in there, maybe to be slightly controversial, but Ben and Polly and all that sort of swinging 60s stuff... It was just such an innocent time, maybe, and then and then it became a little bit more sordid in the 70s and a bit more... Oh, rather than... Ben and Polly were gorgeous, though. Yeah. What a gorgeous couple. What about uh, Ian Martyr, Greg? Were you a fan of Ian Martyr? Um, I mean, he played it kind of a, a bumbling, didn't he? He was a sort of a it was handsome, Nigel man, Bruce kind of character. But yeah, very handsome, square-jawed, but played it a bit bumbling, which isn't particularly sexy. He's only qualified to work on sailors. Uh, which is a good joke. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I, you know, I, he's uh, handsome but not sexy for me. And um, Matthew Clausterhouse, he didn't. He didn't, he didn't make it into the. Uh, <laughs> he didn't make it into your top five. No. Or top five hundred. Yeah. <laughs> Pierre Pasolini would have endured him. Uh, Tom Tom makes many comments on the commentaries, and one is, "Ah, look at that face, face of an angel, <laughs> Paolo Pasolini." Well. 
<laughs> You've been all over that. <laughs> all over it, yeah. Hello, Wendy Williams. <laughs> oh, okay, so we've talked a little bit about all our, all our lists. What about Sarah Jane Smith? Is, is, uh, is he, she sexy? I mean, she's basically... She's cute, I think. She's cute, right. I just, I just love her so much as a character and as a person, Liz yeah. and She was so lovely. So maybe that was just me being a bit more grown up about it and thinking, who might I get have a chance of getting off with? Uh, she was beautiful, actually. Yeah. It's a slippery way is it? <laughs> is it? of uh, trying to uh, determine what actually we're talking about, what, what, yes. what the sexiness is, which I've said before. But it's different yeah. in everybody's mind what mm. is sexy. There's no re- Snog, marry, avoid. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Snog, <laughs> marry, avoid. <laughs> we play that. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Strickson. Yeah. Ooh. Snog. Yeah, I'd like to snog. I, I, I still would. Avoid, yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'll have him then. <laughs> Mary Turn? I get uh, none of them really. She wouldn't let me snog her. There's no way I'd get nowhere to marry her. And I wouldn't want to avoid her, but she'd avoid me. So. Joe Grant? Well, I'd probably snog her. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd say snog. I'd avoid Mary Tam, though. She's very frosty. Really? Well, she was rude in real life, though, wasn't she? But in... Oh, just frosty. But. Yeah, she's a steely one. Yeah, she was so steely. But I made a laugh, which which uh, I'm yes. proud of. But a uh, very beautiful woman. But uh... so okay. Well, we've talked a little bit around who's sex and who's not. Have our, have our opinions changed now? We've talked about it a little bit. I think I'm starting to question what sexiness is. Yeah, as somebody in my early thirties. Yes. Well, you know, if you want to seek counselling, <laughs> then, uh, then do so. If you want to, if you want to change anything. Around your list, put a few men in or a uh, sill. Anyone buy a sill? He's certainly got a bit of juice, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Nabil Shaban, who's actually a very fine actor. He's he a is. superb actor. Yeah, and he's not, I'm not a fan of the new series, but why they haven't brought him back oh, is beyond me. Bring him back. I'd watch it that's if they I brought say. him back. Okay, here's an addendum, and that's the, the Doctor is now supposed to be sexy, isn't he? That's, that, that's, that's I'm, I'm sure, isn't really. You can't have too much sex in a show, can you? It becomes like Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Full of it. Full of it. I couldn't start with that. Brimming full of sex. Brimming full Could of you sex. Pass me a, a, a bottle of nut sure. brown egg. So we're talking about sex and we're getting drunk. <laughs> it's terrible, this podcast. I worry for our, our, our souls. I used to, I mean, Will Wheaton, who was uh, Wesley Crusher in uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> the one with the boobies. <laughs> no, no, the boy. He's allowed. He, he, was, he, was my, he was my earliest crush. Beverly Crush used to wear some amusing tops. Um, so uh, yes, and we, we, we should we should we should we should we, uh, should we sort of just revise our lists or anything else that we've. I, I'm going to stick with my list because mm. it's it's weird, but I, I have a nostalgic, sexy attraction to Katie Manning, and when I met her, there was a frisson. <laughs> uh, between us, and I know she felt it. I'm sure a secu- ah. the security guard yeah. was keeping she an eye on it. She, she felt it. She, she felt she, it. you abused. <laughs> and I, t- I, I tell she, you something. She just shove her hands right in there and have a rummage. I feel sure that uh, Katie Manning and Stuart Beaven had great sex in the early seventies, yeah, don't you? Yeah. yeah. But, but Victoria yeah. Waterfield's had her oh, finger in your ear. Yeah. Do you know she has? She put her finger in my ear. Uh, uh, I said, uh, "Do you find this erotic?" De- 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 Debbie Watling. Uh, Put her finger in my ear and said, "Do you find this erotic?" <laughs> oh and I, I, yeah, I was too Did, you? Did I, you? I was very nervous. Well, yes, one would have thought uh, so. And, uh, I, I'm going to shove out uh, Leela because she's too obvious, and Sarah Jane because she's not that sexy, really. And bung in Victorian Zoe, who I've completely forgotten about the sixties. Well, the sixties were the sexiest. The sexiest. Well, that's what you say. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Sex sells in black and white. Yes. They were it, all yeah. sexy. There wasn't a non-sexy companion in the sixties. 
Really? What's the thing? I'm trying to think, yeah. Peter Purvis, he's not on your list, is he? Oh, Peter Purvis, yeah. <laughs> You're right, there is one, there's always one. The exception that proves the rule. Peter Dentures Peter, Purvis. the gnashing dentures of Peter Purvis. Katerina did nothing for me. Ah, well, that's why they ejected her. Yeah, she got ejected. Uh, Vicky, she was cute, but just cute. Yeah. yeah. She's a pale imitation of Susan. Yeah. Even Jean Marsh, she was sexy. Whoa, Jean Marsh. Yes, Jean when, Marsh in the 50s, in the pictures of Jean Marsh in the 50s, yeah. she was stunning in an elfin kind of way. She, like A bit like Anna Massey. Yeah. But she, she was married to uh, John Pertwee for a while, yeah. the third Doctor Who. Yes, Mr Pertwee said, she says, marvellous woman, terrible wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he wanted her to stay at home. And have babies, yeah, and she so wanted she a career. Wanted a career. So he, he left and found a lovely German girl, Ingeborg. Yeah. Yes. Let's uh, let's go on from that. I think we've we've covered it. It's it's a it's a tricky minefield, isn't it? Well, maybe we should ask our listeners to tweet in. Yeah, so the, the companion they most want to have sex with. Yes, and uh, and, and the position of no, 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 no. <laughs> And if they're alive, can you please reference them in the Twitter handle as well? Would love to f- so and so. We <laughs> do, yes. That would be really popular. Yes. Uh, yeah, see what happens. Fascinated to find out what listeners' uh, proclivities are. Hmm. Um, yeah, we, we, we all, we're all interested in it. We all want to have bodies and flesh. When it comes down to it, as it were. Yes. So, yes, we're going to move on, I think. We are moving on, Tom, into the time space visualizer. The time space visualizer. The time space visualizer. been some time since we've been in the time-space visualiser, mm. and here we are. A bit dusty. Mm. <laughs> Needs a bit of a sweep up. Mm. Give us Bruce. Mm. Mm. Spring clean. Bruce Springsteen. Oh, yeah, he's coming left. <laughs> right, just a biscuit. Get out, get out the pledge. <laughs> Wait, <Waitrose. laughs> No expense spares to Sheen. I prefer Mr Sheen to pledge. Michael Sheen. Yes. Michael Sheard. <laughs> Michael Sheard. He was in his... Um, Here's to Michael Sheard. <laughs> Michael Sheard. Dead now. Cheers. Tennis bat. Yeah. Our wedding, though, going back to that, had a celebrity endorsement. We had a tweet from Sir Roger Moore. Ah, yes. Saying, have fun. What did he say? Enjoy. Mm. Have a good time. Have a good one. Uh, All the best. All the best. (laughs) At Pip. Yeah. Uh, It's EF Pip. Yeah. And uh, Greg Jameson from Sir Roger Moore. Roger Moore. He didn't tweet anything else that day apart from that. Incredible. Celebrity endorsement of the gay agenda. Wonderful. Thank you, Sir Roger. Thank you. He was 88 this week. Well, in the back in time when we recorded this. Yes. Uh, He he shares his birthday with Simon McCorkindale's death day. Yeah. Finish the biscuit. (laughs) Back into the time space visualiser. Should we talk about Doctor Who? Oh, why not? What's in the TSV? It's Doctor Who, The Curse... Of Fenric. Why are we talking about Doctor Who, The Curse of Fenric? Why indeed? Because it's sexy. Mm. It's a sexy Doctor Who story. It deals with sex. Because that was okay in 1989. It wasn't People were having sex by 1989. Mm. Sex was invented in 1963, as Philip Larkin pointed out, which is when Doctor Who started. And I think Mm. that's the reference he was going for. (laughs) It was invented in 1963, and then it came to an end in 1989. (laughs) That's right, yeah. It had a brief uh, return in the 90s with Paul McGann. Sex, sex all over the place. Yeah, isn't it? Sex, you know, sex, sex, sex in America. You could download it. Mm. You could download sex. Yeah. Or was that Doctor Who? <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Well, sex. We've all done it. Um, but the curse of Fenric. We hadn't done it when that aired. No, we hadn't. No, 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 no. I was a, I was a wee boy. The um, all the sexual innuendo and references in Curse of Fenric probably went straight over my head. I didn't have any uh, hairs on my balls or face. No. <laughs> That's right. I think I was uh, just beginning. Just bit smooth as a billiard ball. <laughs> you, were, you were probably just sprouting, Greg. Uh, you were the same age within oh, I know, two but, uh, weeks. <laughs> I'm still waiting <laughs> for your balls to descend. Uh, They're still up there, mother. mother. <laughs> They're still up there, mother. We had a boy. Why did you coax them down with some jam? <laughs> and when his voice broke, it went squeakier and higher. It was oh, strange. strange. It was very sad for him. Skepsis. Yeah. Um, Rum business. But because of Fenric, Fenric, tell us what it's all about, Greg. Well, Doctor Who. What's it all about, Fenric? <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Who and Sophie Aldred yes. arrive on the planet Earth. The year is 1940 or thereabouts. It's set during the Second World War and they arrive at this uh, army barracks and there's all kinds of ciphering going on. The Russians have, have landed on the, the yes. shore nearby. and um, Being translated into teletext. Yes. From now on, everything in English. Because yes. people everything are watching. in English. Actually, that's a good point. From now on in this podcast, everything in English. All right? <laughs> OK. Dispense with the Russian. OK. Yeah. So anyway, the, the Doctor Who and, and Sophie Aldred uh, end up meeting Dr Judson, who's effectively Alan Turing. Yes, wheelchair-bound. Wheelchair-bound. Which is a, is a metaphor, it's a symbol, isn't it's it? It's a metaphor. Oh, no, no, it's a symbol. What? He'd been doing it with uh, Millington, you know, the, the, the pair yeah. of a gay couple. Crumbs. He can't express his sexuality, it's like a disability. Oh, right. Yeah. God, I yeah. assume it isn't. And... Uh, <laughs> And I anyway, barely understood the actual plot. Right? No, exactly. The undercurrents. Exactly. We'll get to that. Aware undercurrents. Undercurrents. The undercurrents. Yeah. 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 So he meets Doctor Doctor Stephen Hawking. Doctor Judson. 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 Doctor Yes, and there's this green goo, isn't there? Yeah, which we important. don't understand. No, I don't really know what the hell that was. But no, we don't know that. We but, don't know what but also Janet Henfrey's in it. Yeah, she plays a mysterious old lady, as she does in every yeah. <laughs> television programme throughout the Maiden's 20th century. Point. <laughs> Did you say Maiden's Point? But as well as the army, as well as the army barracks, we've got the uh, we've got a church nearby, run by Just a Minute, haven't we? Yeah, <laughs> the sale of the century, <laughs> live from St Lawrence's in Hawkins. <laughs> Here's your post, Nicholas Parsons. <laughs> when I was a child, I spake as a child. <laughs> Repetition. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so he's the church and he's losing his faith, which yeah. is we'll come into that later. That no, comes in <laughs> but, but there's also some runes. There's runes on the, ch- in the church. I cast the runes this morning. That's, they, show. That's, that's important, isn't it? That's, it is. The, the, there's, uh, it's Viking, Viking runes. Vikings. Then underwater, they've got these sort of rather rubbery men yeah. and women who are sort of attacking for some point. They're yes, kind of. They're the wolves of Fenric. They look like wolves to me. They look like big 
blue-headed weirdos. Yeah, the walls are very... Let's talk about the green goo. Well, let's, before we get to that, uh, really, just let's just make sure we got the plot sorted. <laughs> I don't think we can pin it down too clearly. So, oh, it's, it's a tough a little one. muddled, isn't mm. it? I mean, it's an immensely enjoyable series. But Fenric is like what's the going on, isn't he? Fenric is, is a sort of a evil, ultimate evil of some sort. He is. He's, 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 he's like a gas. He's a bit like God. God's like a gas. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, uh, Imagine a gas. And, and Doctor Who is very, very uh, sort of against Fenric. That, that, that's good. We've sort of. They're old that. enemies as well. Evil evil since the dawn of time. Yeah, so. And, and Doctor <laughs> Who and, and Aldred get caught up in all this. So, uh, does that explain the plot? No! No, no, right. No, I mean, <laughs> the, the, the plot is. It's, it's very metaphorical, and I don't think actually it, it makes linear sense, right. the plot. Okay. What is the green goo? Why does Sophie Ald- Aldrich... They're going to drop the green goo over some pigeons, aren't they? Well, it's in chemical Dresden, warfare, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you mean the end of the war? That's the oriental artefact we've been looking for! Yes, have, they, have we? This is bits of metal, this which is... have been melted by their own bare hands! So, he's got very Glaswegian. Yeah, I came, to, very I came to it the other day, I watched it again. I watched this probably more than any, any other. Actually, no, Wayne Chiang watched a lot, but... Uh, I loved this as a kid. I thought it was mm. brilliant. I think it was perfect for a 10, 11 year old very kid because, very because it has so much adult stuff in it. So you feel like as you're watching it as a kid, going, oh, I get this. I understand. No, that's about, um, you know, this is about, uh, uh, as you say, chemical warfare, or this is about um, whatever it might be, and faith and all that sort of stuff, losing people's yeah. faith. So you, as a kid, you go, it's marvelous, brilliant. And I've always thought of it as a stone cold classic. And I suppose I watched it the other night just to sort of. Uh, is it a classic? And I think this is the, the main problem with it is the plot is just all over the place. The plot is all over the place. Is there too much going on? Yes. Or too little? But then episode three, they're just running around being chased by vampires. You think, well, some of this airtime could be given to exp- explaining what the bloody hell's going on. <laughs> well, they, they get right into the story, don't they? Because uh, Sam and I watched it last night. Yeah. They waste no time. Doctor Who and, and Sophie Aldred literally just arrive <laughs> and they instantly take charge. It's like Tom Baker. You know, he just instantly Doctor Who I do Who's love the, the bit in episode one where, where uh, in these days they would have done it with this psychic paper malarkey. But nowadays, yeah, it's brilliant. I just thought it was wonderful yeah. uh, that when McCoy writes his own uh, letter yeah. using yeah. the typewriter that Judson's given to him. I think you'll find everything's in order. And sign it with two, it's two hands. Yeah, I, laughed at, very I laughed, laughed at that last night. It's, it's very good. good. That's a very good bit yeah, of writing. It's brilliant. And they cut, they cut straight into it. There's no messing about. No There's no preamble about. at all. It's in a way, it's comparable to the new series. There's no fat on the first so. ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. The story is pretty much there in the first ten minutes. You know? Well, the other way in which it's comparable to the new series is the Deus Ex Machina ending. Yeah. Why, yeah. Tom? You've watched it. Yes. Why? Why does Fenric? Um, sorry, why does the Ancient One kill Fenric? Why does he push oh, Fenric into the doctor, that cast The Doctor explains to him that, that Fenric wants to wants, the, wants that big ancient haemovore to cause some sort of chemical spill, and that would kill his people as well. Or, I don't really know, but it, basically the Doctor turns him against Fenric, right. doesn't he? So that's, mm. that's, not the, that's not my question, though. The question I have about the ending is... Why the fuck does it matter who wins a game of chess? It's irrelevant. <laughs> so, mm. You know, so 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 you know, it turns into some sort of Sudoku puzzle. You know, just because yes. Fenric can't work out this little puzzle, why, why does he? Why does he just go? Well, I don't give a shit, and I'll just destroy the world anyway. Why is why is the chess set? Yes. Why, why does Doctor Who put him in a bottle and, and leave him for generations? Why is Ace's faith 
so important at the yeah, end. So why it's, it's, it's are they so in. important? Why why is all that? We're told it's important, so we yeah. go okay. Well, it's, that's very similar to the new series. We're told things are important, so they are. But yeah. me, the moment you give it sort of any thought, which I, I haven't really given this uh, uh, story much thought, I just sort of like the the stuff that is around mm. it. I love. I think there's great acting and some good bits of writing, some dreadful bits as well. But once you start examining it, it sort of falls apart in your hands, and it's quite disappointing. Yeah. It's like all this sort of, it's like sort of. That, what's that um, uh, is it cornflower stuff oh, you yeah. make it up with kids <laughs> yes, and it gets yes. it's really hard and it gets all hard and then you, then you leave it for a second and it just goes and droops and, mm. and it's all gone into liquid again I'm no scientist <laughs> that's what it felt like this story Ladies was for me gentlemen like, Professor Brian Cox <laughs> <laughs> he'll be coming later <laughs> <laughs> if only uh, no I, I like the other Brian Cox Manhunter yeah. <laughs> he's on Manhunt yes so, anyway. so that was my worry with it because it, it it didn't really explain why this chess game was so important. It's very like the new series with this sort of Deus Ex Machina ending. And, and why did Ace? Uh, why did Ace tell him, tell him the answer? And if the answer is so simple, he can't be that much of an intelligence. No, you know? and and the the answer is not how chess is played. So it's not really a chess puzzle in the first no, place. It's just all, like... all the pieces can move any way you like because they're all <laughs> right. on the same side, really. Ah, there we go. There's the answer. <laughs> the answer is not yes. to play chess. Yes, it's all well, a bit silly. I never like chess. I mean, but it's, is it a bit silly or is it all just very metaphorical? It doesn't, ama- it doesn't add up to the sum of its parts. As you've just taken the words the, out of my mouth, Tom. Sorry, really. sorry. It's okay. No, it's exactly what I was thinking. It, it, it's elements of it are excellent in isolation you watch it as a story mm. it just doesn't work now Greg and I watched the extended cut last Ooh, night wow. yeah. Tom purposely you watched the episodic version yes of course and we thought we might find some hidden story in the extended cut which was lost yeah. on the transmission version and it's still not there is it and we even dug out the target novelisation by Ian Briggs and flicked through to the end to see if it actually makes much sense there's a wonderful, there's a wonderful bit it doesn't from, the, no from, the, from the book that I remember very clearly that you know when the doctor's defeating the uh, the vampire type things outside the church is he's repeating the names of his companions yeah. Yeah, that is made clear in the serial and that's lovely that's yeah. something, and I don't know why they don't make that clear it's very subtle you can just about catch a few names well, I think Ruth, he says Barbara. I said this to Ruth and I said she said well these days they'd make that would be like the massive part of the that's episode and they'd have like fucking yeah. you know images of Barbara appearing mm. and all the fanboys would be wetting themselves yeah. Yeah. And RCG would be, socks. Yeah, would be <laughs> flagging it up in the Radio Times. Yeah. Yeah, so that's how times change. Eh? Yeah. But uh, it was a story for the for the era, wasn't it? Sort of the late eighties. And but I think it was the Doctor per- Who had become more metaphorical by then. It, it was had good. I remember being absolutely, new remember absolutely loving it. As Terry a Nation couldn't have written it. I just loved it. I thought it was brilliant. And I think that and Ghostlight, both of which make no bloody sense at all. Ghostlight makes more sense. The novel is very clear. That's saying something. The novel novel is clear. It is. And I I think, you know, I hated Battlefield when I was a kid. I thought it was was childish and silly. Mm. I probably actually quite like Battlefield now because it sort of makes some sort of sense and it has a story. I think as you get older, you realise that plot is so important. Mm, If it doesn't hang together, what's the point? I still love Fenric, though. I love it, yeah, I know. Because I've been to the church and all that sort of thing. But... We're so and much more forgiving now. If we was to yeah. watch that as a new episode, we'd have rejected that and said, that's a terrible we'd piece have torn of writing. it to shreds. Yes, and I think uh, it, it, you watch it with different eyes, don't you? So, you do. So there were some parts of it that are just shoddy. And I, and I go back, this is my sort of rant against older. The moment she comes on, you just think she's not up to this. She's not She's not a good an actor to be able to Sophie express Aldred. it. Yeah, she's not very good. She's not a good actress. She doesn't make you believe it. It's just like, oh, God, she's just reading it out. And wow. that bit where she's against a shed, 
head pretending wow. to be sexy. Rubbing herself. Yeah. This is why it's, I was so incredulous. <laughs> well, as, as the doctor would say, incredulous. <laughs> I love his rolling eyes. To, to think that you would think that she was ever sexy. She doesn't. She wouldn't know sex if it poked her out the eye. Well, I'm not sure I doesn't agree. Really and I think that's story. fine. If we how, can you, how, can how do you feel about it, Greg? I think Sophie Alders is a very fine actor. I think uh, she's she's very good in the part. I, I believe her. And when we were watching it last night. The, the two sides of my brain were fighting a war between one another because the rational side, the Richard Dawkins side, was saying, but this just doesn't make any sense. Um, whereas the emotional side, I kept getting frissons. I kept, I kept saying to Samuel, kept hey, stiff, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> Pain, yeah, was like, I'm, I'm just going to the toilet. Uh, over a cup of tea. <laughs> oh, he's come down, it's all right. Ver- various things were standing on end. I'm talking about the hairs on the back of my neck. Um, but... Uh, uh, no, uh, lots of moments I kept thinking, ah, oh, just it, it, magical. What, what, magical. What, what moments would you refer to particularly? Um, just a bit. There's a moment, isn't there, where, where Sylv and uh, Sophie are running out of the building and explodes in a stunt they did themselves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can right. see his yeah. face. Yeah. And the umbrella goes flying off off left of camera it's yeah. superb and then McCoy's got his hand in all this mud yes, and, he and he's to... gesticulating <laughs> and he's going I had to know and all this kind of stuff yeah. and it's really a good scene it's, it's like a Bond scene. stunt that it though, is yeah, yeah. In, that, that really gave me some frissons because it's thinking they did that on about 25p yes. yeah. and it's all in the That's performance they could have killed their two leading actors <laughs> quite easily that but, was a great moment the older bit which, did the older bit her begins to shed pretending to be sexy did that give you a frisson I, I remember as, as a child thinking that, that she was very sexy. Speaking and, and as a it, child. Yes, it, 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 uh, I, I like it. I mean, I, I know fans don't like it. I'm, I'm I, don't think, I, don't does, what, I don't know what fans do. But, uh, but, uh, I think I it's just, a bit of an awkward moment it's now. Just it stands badly, out. Like you, I said to the wife, I said, uh, you know, you can just tell that the guy who's written this has written this thinking, oh, wow, this will be a brilliant bit. This is going to be a revolution for Doctor Who, actual sex and, you know, uh, eroticism in Doctor Who. And, they, you know, and then he sees this, what they've done with it. They go, oh. God, <laughs> could you have got a worse actor in that sort of wooden soldier who's like, oh, what's going on? You know? yes, like, yes. Come on, you know. Well, the soldiers are a problem in themselves. They're far too young. They well, they've just got no well. They wouldn't. And they've got no experience. Uh, we said that the soldiers were young in those days, but they, yeah, so they, that just didn't ring true, I'm afraid. But there, there's some brilliant sort of visual bits with the with the with the um, with the hemorrhoids and the girls that turn into vampires and the sort of the ah, you know, that's all that's all good. And the and the class, those classic bits with the Parsons, who is actually quite good. He's very good. You know, he's, he's a good actor. Well, the girls are an interesting point because it's They're the whole terrible. thing about virginity, isn't it? And they're going into the water. Yeah. There's a wonderful moment come with the soldier. Come into the water. Come play come with and us. Play with us. Yeah. Touch our clitoris. Was <laughs> <laughs> it clitoris? I think it was clitoris. Yeah. <laughs> Look at our fannies. Look at our boobies. I'll oh. stop being such a baby doll. They yeah, say that they about do, four do. times. Baby doll. Baby doll. And they say that to Ace, and you think, well, God, she has got a strange. Make me look like Lana Turner. That's Betty Grable. They hated that bit. They hate that bit so much because you know that both actresses don't know why they're doing that. Why? Why are they doing that? Why are they saying the names? Like, let's okay, you've got. Let's say some names of some old film stars. Great, but why is it Betty Grable they say in unison? Yes. Why do they do that? Betty Grable. Betty Grable. Is it just like a hilarious joke to say Betty Grable? What does that mean? <laughs> and you can just tell that the, that the writer probably didn't even mean them. Anyway, but I just found that a bit. Mm. She was in Grange Hill, one of them. Apparently. And one of them's dead. 
The one oh, who was in Grange Hill, she committed suicide Crikey four years ago. Dear me. Sad. Well, let's not speak yeah. ill of her, because yeah, they weren't brilliant, were they? But, um, well, we'll talk about the metaphorical nature then, because, uh, and also dangerous my, my undercurrents. Ha- my habit of outing actors who are in yes, Doctor it's who. section 28. <laughs> <laughs> they have an inalienable right to be gay. Oh, I love this music you put on, Sam. <laughs> section 28. Yeah, section, camp music. section 28. So section 28, who is it that's gay? Alfred Lynch, who played Commander Millington. Bless him. Yes, and if you look him up... Has he, he, had, a, had, he had a stroke before this? Before we think he's very drunk. Let me change the fabric shutter. You're too late, Doctor. You're too late. You're too late, mate. We were coming last week, it's gone. So was he gay? He was a gay, was he? He was gay in real life, and uh, if you if you look him up, he was in one of Michael Winner's very first films called West Eleven. Michael Winner. We're marvellous. <laughs> Tom's a very good Michael Winner. Lovely jubbly. West Eleven is the name of the movie, and it, it right. was um, a kitchen sink drama of the 1960s. Alfred Lynch was a handsome, slightly rugged leading man yeah, in the 1960s who, who uh, was almost like a, another Tom Courtney or almost like another Richard Harris. He was in that new wave but he's never quite made it as big as those other two Um, but he was very handsome in his younger years but then he just drank it all away I think he did he was in a series called Manhunt appropriately (laughs) enough (laughs) about uh, um, uh, uh, the the Second World War early version of Grindr was it (laughs) with uh, not Edward Brasher I always get his name wrong the guy who played leader Clent in the um, oh I know who you mean Peter Barkworth who was also homosexual so here we go. And There's two, two for one. All at it. And all so, at it. Yeah, if you look up uh, Manhunt, which I think was around about 1970, it is available on DVD now. It's Alfred Lynch and Peter Barkworth, who both had leading roles in Doctor Who, both homosexual actors. It does get very tiring, because when you watch Doctor Who with Greg, he, he'll take a deep <laughs> breath and he'll look at you and raise an eyebrow, and I say, Greg, is there anybody who's straight in this episode? <laughs> Well, that's the end of section 28. Yeah, uh, back, <laughs> back to Kirsten. Um, yeah, so I think um, there are some lovely bits. But there are under, well, the point about section 28 is there are undercurrents between yes. Millington well, I never and, even and I'm so Judson. stupid, aren't I? He says we so go, let's think about we have a long history together. Well, I just thought it was about them being yeah. friends, you know. Yeah. And, and, ah, the old school time. Well, yeah. I just thought it was about them falling out as mates, but maybe, they, maybe that was it. There was, t- I mean, that was my, I mean, Ian Briggs, bless him, hasn't really gone on to do much else, has he? I imagine he's written episodes of Casualty. He's probably done casualties, yeah. But, um, but he's, you know, he's one of those. He's in. I kept thinking about the writing of it because that's sort of my interest, I suppose. Uh, it, you know, you could tell that he wanted to do so many things with it, and he only succeeded, you know. But he, but he threw too much at the wall, maybe. Mm. And, it, and mm. it's all these adult themes about, you know, bombing Dresden, losing your faith, gay relationships. It's like it's it's a bit too much, maybe overrating the pudding. On. It reminds yeah. me of a student's like first novel. Yes, no, that's what I it's mean. Full of everything, you, all your you first get, ideas you, in one go. You can get away with it in Doctor Who, really, because it's it's a sort of a uh, that sort of genre thing. But you just think, come on, mate. <laughs> two, other, two other great things about it. Mark Eyre's score It's terrific Not bad, yeah, not bad not I bad. think it's really good yeah, Very atmospheric yeah. Tomic Bork Oh, he's great, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. he is good Tomic Bork <laughs> And why are the Russians there? 
Fuck knows. Well, yes, that was a question that came out last night. <laughs> Aren't they supposed to kill Judson? They were supposed to, in the plot, they were supposed ah. to capture the Enigma machine. Ah. Not the Enigma, the, what was it called? The Ultimate Ul- Machine. Ultimate Machine. Ultimate Machine. Mm. And then that was supposed to blow up uh, in Moscow uh, when they when they decoded love. love. And there is some of that uh, goo in the machine. Yes, that was the idea. So it was going to, so it was a little bit odd, but it, uh, I think it was about bringing the end of the world somehow and that the goo was going to explode and then it was all because I don't know yeah, yeah. I don't know and that's why if you're watching it with your yeah. gran your, your, your gran's not going to understand no it, I mean I barely did so yeah, yeah. so but what do we think I think it's admirable because they really tried to do something different and that's what I like about it, it, it. It's very experimental. And because yeah. they didn't really care at that point what people thought because the show was despised, yeah. they were experimenting. And mm. in many ways it works because we're talking about it. It's a very rich production. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. As a kid's show, it entertains as a, as a, a zombie thriller But I think on it really works. It really works oh, the for an 11-year-old because there's yeah. basically there's I, the, the, the ideas are fascinating when you're that mm. age because you, you, you're kind of... It, it, a lot of stuff... You're introduced to when through Doctor Who. That's kind of what that's. I mean, that's the story of our teenage years: is being introduced to stuff in Doctor Who, and then going, "Oh, well, this means something," and move you move on to something else a bit more real. Yeah. But I think yeah. what a great way to. I mean, I think if you were nine, eight or nine, maybe you'd think I don't understand it, and if you're a bit older, you kind of as, as we are, we sort of see the holes in it. But at that age, what a great story for an eleven-year-old boy. And that's yeah. why I think that's one of the reasons I got so into Doctor Who as a kid because of this story. Because it was it wasn't t- talking down to me. Okay, it was full of holes that didn't really make sense but I like that I like that mm. thinking that I knew what it meant yeah. and no one else did and maybe you know my family would be watching it what's all this all about you know why is that yes. happening and I would go well it was because of this because you have your own theories you make up your yes. own sort of, and this is what kids do now and that's why I think Doctor Who could, should be intelligent and it should be um, sort of um, dense and rich uh, it mm. doesn't always succeed to make sense but that's not the end of the world is it because if you and, you know these things aren't made to watch over and over again they are now but in the old days you know only really few people have videos and stuff. So I think it's I think it's 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 great for the the age group it was intended for. But as adults, we kind of always find holes in it, don't we? Well, I think I've told this story before, and forgive me if I have, and maybe Sam can judiciously edit this out if it's previously gone out. But I used to go swimming on a Monday night when Doctor Who was on in 1989. I used to don my speedos, <laughs> do a mock <laughs> <laughs> But I forgot to set the video recorder oh, to, to record Kaiser yes. Fenric, and I had to, of course. This is pre-mobile telephone, so I had to make an emergency call <laughs> to my mother, who was on the phone. What an idiot. So I couldn't get through, so I had to call a neighbour <laughs> to get them to go around to my mum to tell her to record. But I was in a flat panic. That was the episode in which uh, Nicholas Parsons was killed off, so episode three. But the runaround, really, the, isn't it? The, the panic! The idea that I might not see episode three. Yeah, but we didn't have a video at that point. No. So. You're too late, Greg. <laughs> too late. It's, it's too, too late. late. You've missed it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all over. It's, it's part of the characterization of the part. <laughs> so there are beautiful things. In there, I was so. very dishy. Let's make a list in of the sixties. <laughs> Let's make a list of moments. I think that Millington sitting in his office with it with the, with, with, his, with, the with his hands, stuff, with his hands. hands. That's, a, yeah. that's a, there's brilliant a, there's a brilliant. There's two brilliant moments for me in this. One is when McCoy is reading from the manuscript in the church, and the camera pans from the book up oh, to his face. Yes. Yes. It's a wonderful move. And the second one, which is one of my most potent memories of my mind from original Who is when Judson is standing up. Oh, he's standing up. Readers, <laughs> <laughs> we play the contest again. 
Time Lord. Tune in next week. Those are my two moments. That was my moment, one of my moments. Sorry, Tom. Any other moments for you? Because it is a magic moment. I just like Tomic Bork. He is good. Yeah, and he, he plays two characters, doesn't he? And yeah. oh, oh, also the bit where the vampires are coming after uh, Wainwright. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he, he's sort of losing his faith and the Doctor intercedes and then they make this promise, we'll be back for you, Wainwright. Yeah. And they are. And they are. They do Ooh. come back. And, and that's the thing about them. He doesn't really, he ever, he does lose his faith. It's, it's, mm. about, it's very interesting, isn't it? He's probably read the God Delusion. Well, no, you know, Dawkins did for him, didn't he? Yes. Rationalised it away. Browbeat him with we'd a bit be, of rationalism. We'd be dead with Within seconds, <laughs> faithless fools. Yeah. Well, faith Parsons in, is very good in it. Our, faith, good our in faith in Doctor Who might see us through. Yeah, mm. so just faith in Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> we so we commented on last night, and uh, I don't know about you, Tom, but I think McCoy is absolutely superb. He gave me shivers as well. Any know, naysayers against there's McCoy? There's a little bit where, no time with, the, with the runes where he uh, where he's trying to get Ace to work out why why the runes are significant, and, and that's a lovely little thing where he's, he's it's just nice and nice. Sophie's played. on the money as well. Our defender is a good actor, you know. So when some she's, bit, oh, tell yeah. me now, Doctor, yeah. and he turns around and he's he's got to explain. He's been put on the spot, and he gives this very rapid explanation, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's clearly they've rehearsed it very well. Mm. Uh, and there's other lovely bits between Sylvester and Sophie. I think they have such wonderful chemistry. There's lots of flourishes. Comes, it comes out, mm. you know, when he nudges her nose and they, they open that door. And going, mm. It's so warm, and it, you've yeah. got none of that in the Peter Davison, no, for example. No, no. But between the Doctor and the Companion, it's very, it's modern, very, it's very warm, very it's modern. lovely. It's all about Ace, really. Mm. Clunkers, Super Ted, episode one. Mm. This is a story about an ordinary teddy bear. When he was made, they found something wrong with him and threw him away like a piece of rubbish. That's a bit much, isn't it? But it's, a, it's, a ho- it's a homemade Super Ted, isn't it? Someone's woven it together. <laughs> so odd, though. Isn't but it? then John Pertwee did the voice of Spotty in Super Ted, so, so maybe, maybe the it. third Doctor had taken it there to try and uh, confuse the seventh Doctor. I don't know. Yeah, so that was that. Suspenders, the Ace of Suspenders. We saw those yes. when she gets tackled by a heme of all. Yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty sexy. That's sexy. Uh, Rain Machine. Rain, Rain, Rain Machine is pretty poor, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Aluminium Ladder. Aluminium ladder, that's good. And yeah. also, uh, I, you see, what, the, what is the point of this? Also, Ace's mum's address. 17 Old Terrace, London. <laughs> yeah, that'll yeah. get you. I'll uh, put it in uh, the sat now. <laughs> <laughs> it's come up with 247 oh, well. uh, potentials. And she and loves the, a baby after meeting it twice. I found that a little bit contrived. Yeah, it's a bit old. silly. Oh, but women go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever I meet a baby, I just think, I hope I don't have to hold it. It might, it might be sick on me. But, but women, uh, oh, it's a baby. Oh, isn't he? Oh, isn't she? Oh, it's, uh, it's instinctive, I think. I think they all look well, like, like uh, Winston too. Churchill, really. Yes, Son Sigur. How many Tardises out of five? Well, I, I think in the old days I'd have given it five. It was always my one of my faves, but I think four. I think I'd agree with that. I think if you'd asked me before we rewatched it last night, I probably would have automatically said five. But mm. I think looking at it with a cold eye. eye of rationalism, it has yeah. to be four. But it's great. It's four for, for me as well, just because there's so many great moments. But um, it fails on plot. It does. Yeah. Terence Dix would have fixed it, he ironed it out. And, you know, that's, that's what shows it's a young person's script. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Johnny, Terry Nation Johnny would have rounded up with a big bomb at the end. <laughs> yeah, just blow them all the fuckers up. <laughs> <laughs> We're heading for the biggest bag in history, Doctor. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> you know what time it is? It's time we quietened down, simmered down, okay. and ventured into 
Josiah's Library. Oh, Josiah's Library. Library. No, 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 no. You two run along. I'm going to do a spot of reading. Tell me to finish this book before we reach Bombay. Greg, could you pass me uh, Doctor Who Companions by David J. Howell, please? Mm. Now, here's a book which... Sorry, I'm just masticating. <laughs> ...is uh, very dear to me. Uh, Doctor Who Companions was released around about the time that the 60s and 70s books came out. Do you remember those lovely big hardbacks by mm. Howe, Stammers and Walker? They're All lovely. the 60s. They're yeah, Second-hand. Mm. They're lovely books. Essential. Yeah, there was, a, there was a pause there when I said second-hand, as if that was a travesty. Second-hand? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, um, it's not the Companions book that everyone thinks it is. The, the JNT version that came out in the early 80s with really kind of badly airbrushed images and things like that was not really a very exciting it had Katie book. Manning in it and Nicola Bryant but this is the in revealing poses this is oh that one yeah <laughs> oh, sorry, I just perked up <laughs> <laughs> rather bored yeah. you're muddying the waters here Gregory Hughes. It's, it's not the companions book that red blooded males used to masturbate to is it well I was going to say does this fall open at certain pages <laughs> Doctor Who Companions, funnily enough, is a companion book to the 60s and 70s. No. Yeah. And it came out in 1995. I've never this seen it. I've never seen it. Before I, I the internet. I do not own that. 95, you say? 95. That was about when my interest was waning. Are you I was sure? 16, was it not 1996? So it's, it's got the Paul McGann I was trying to read Dostoevsky. First published in Great Britain <laughs> by, in 1995. That's not the McGann logo. That's the, uh, that's the Diamond logo. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah. So I'm an idiot. It's like redressed slightly. I had to order this from my local bookshop in Jersey for the huge cost of £15.99. Bloody hell, they were fleecing us back then, weren't they, in the 90s? They really were. He could have got the complete collection of Dostoevsky's (laughs) works for that. I must have read the first hundred pages of Crime and Punishment so many times as a teenager and thought I understood it and never got through. I loved it. I found it a real page turner, not as a teenager. Ah, No, that's what I mean. It was was much later when I actually started reading them rather than just talking about them at school. Mm. So we could call this a, a large format book, I suppose. You could call it. It's a coffee... Large. Oh, large, eh? <laughs> coffee table book. It's a coffee, coffee table book. And coffee and Anne. What's very attractive about it is it's full of full picture spreads. And yes. there's one of Turloff. He's gorgeous. He Look at that. He looks rather fierce, though. Has he got makeup on? Yeah. He, they did the weird things here. with his eyebrows. He looks like someone from uh, Star Trek The New Generation. I know. They did weird things with his eyebrows. But mm. Mark Strickson's a very handsome man. He's a strange-looking fellow. Where is there a picture of him sitting on some Jay's fluid <laughs> I may have mentioned this in the podcast before but in, uh, in, in all my years I've never seen anyone sit on a box of Jay's fluid like what, what? Right, no, just, just, just to fill people in I've turned a page here to Tegan Javanka it's page 97 for those who right, have a copy yeah, right. this, is a, this is a sticky page <laughs> I always thought of Tegan as Lucy from Charles Schultz's Peanuts cartoons <laughs> yeah, in, but in space yes yes is this a special photo shoot for this book uh, these are photos which are done at the time what's that picture in a Madonna sort of boob tube thing what, 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 Janet Fielding in 1982 couple, looks like a couple of egg cups <laughs> that's not her spotlight picture presumably where, it's where, where, where a where casting these, picture tell us about these pictures please so these pictures are, are glamour shots 
Lama shots. Lama. Lama, that's what they told her. And you get to see some of the Doctor Who guys and guys and girls. Oh, that's, that's enough. That's enough. Um, uh, they're before they're in Doctor Who, and there's Ward in 67. Yeah. 1967 in knee high boots. Hippie chick there. Yeah. And there she is, much more dowdy and yes. Tory looking. That's in, uh, Lala Ward today. <laughs> 95. Yes. Well, she would have been married to Dawkins then. She looks like she's illustrating just, books about cats about that point. Looks like she's just stepped off the set of TVAM there. Yeah. Uh, so, but the big the big selling point for this one is the Katie Manning section. Are you ready? For is this? that the one where she's got a leg over a Dalek? Are you ready? There's quite a few pages for Katie Manning. There she is looking really wow. sexy, sultry, really? with a nineteen sixties uh, BBC TV colour Plumbican EMI two thousand and one camera. I think we all know what Sam's looking. Sam's a nerd. But there she is, and she looks gorgeous. Are you ready for the next page? It's page sixty one for those in the know. Oh, you can see a bit of pubic hair. Oh, that's incredible. Well, who would like to describe this image? Um, I don't think I can. Gregory, <laughs> too excited. I can see a little bit of pubic hair. She's covering her breasts with her hand. She's posing nude with the Dalek. And the, pl- the plunger is where her vagina would be. <laughs> and, on the, and on the opposite page, she's with Alpha Centauri, <laughs> a penis a... in a cloak. <laughs> on the next page, we have a. Oh, they don't. But there is one with her boob in it in real life, isn't there? There is. Sure. There is. As if that actually, actually, how much can you actually see in the original spread? Do you see, do you oh, see the full vagina? Because it's actually on. just to fill you in. It's from a. Yeah. A magazine called Girls Illustrated, mm. and it's a full set. The Dalek was just part of the set. The rest of the pictures of Katie Manning, it's pretty much full frontal nudity. Really? Yeah. Do so you see her bottom? You see her bottom, and she's wearing see-through knickers. I've seen everything. Yeah, I've seen it all. Why? Why? Why did she do that shoot? It was to throw off her Doctor Who reputation in the uh, late seventies. Is it available on Google? It's the so Google it has it. Yeah, and they're quite good shots. Here we go. <laughs> what bloody hell? That's her bottom. Her bottom oh, is there. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to. Tom, just yeah. move your phone That's away from a, the uh, mic. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My dreams of conquest. Crikey, Riley. You can see a bit of push there. You can get everything on Google. Everything's available on Google. Just type in Girls Illustrated. Look, Black Orchid. (laughs) 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 And there's there's another one. Yeah, we've seen it all. Look at that one. Crikey, I think you should stop listening to this podcast right now and start getting on Google. Get on Google. Put in Katie Manning News. Is that John Pertwee? Oh, God, I've got a virus. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Right, let's close that down immediately. Quick, quick, quick. (laughs) Just put some cream on it, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) The um, let's put that on silent. Sorry about that, Sam. It's no. This is is a point well well illustrated (laughs) through Girls Illustrated. And the point I'm making is this was before the internet. I was 12 going on 13 when I got this book. Here we go. And I remember the review in Celestial Toy Room, which is the Duas magazine at the time, which I was reading, and said they said we give this book a four out of five. It's a really good read, really that, good for your do- voice, really that. good for your Doctor Who son for Christmas this year. Just don't expect to see much of him on Boxing Day. Oh, <laughs> sordid. <laughs> sordid, 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 sordid. It's actually. I mean, many, 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 many thousands of men must have masturbated thinking. Oh, of, crumbs! Uh, Look at that, Katie Manning. No. G Marsh. No, yes, yes. She doesn't. Mm. It's not our best shot, is it? Uh, it's a bit, bit gummy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very. There's a really interesting picture of Peter Purvis with his mouth open. Look at that. Peter Purvis. It's like he's been dragged through a hedge backwards. Yeah. Peter Purvis at the BSB Doctor Who weekend in uh, 1990. 1990. That was at Momi. 
Moby. It was the Museum of the Moving Image. Gosh, I went. Uh, I went to visit the exhibition. There was. Was it there in '91 or '90? There was a big. The there was a big do. Might have been '93 because of the uh, 30th anniversary. No, I think it was before then. Moby. Of course, I was living down south, so I uh, could see all the. <gasps> Debbie Watling. Debbie Watling. As a teenager. Very odd picture, isn't it? It's gorgeous, though. Very now, you see, the, really, These are the it? days when this sort of book would have sold, because nowadays, pornography is readily available through Google. Yes. yes. You, you don't have to purchase pornography anymore. You download it straight days, into your mind, yeah. can't you, these days? In those days, you used to have to go and buy a magazine or buy yeah. a book, and you'd have that embarrassment of having to purchase something. Yes, and or just you know, do what you can to go down to... But this is just a sexy book. It's not pornography. It's pornography. It's pornography. Are you ready? <laughs> it's utter porn. Are you ready for the Nicola Bryant section? Oh, oh, well, I think word. I'm... Well, I don't know. I think Brace I'm, yourself. Brace yourself. I've, I've put my jacket on. Maybe I need to take it off again. <laughs> not sexy. Oh, no. She's in a bikini, but she does she's not. She's sexier make a in the bald cap on seventy nine. You know, she's just got no. I don't know. She's. I don't know. It's her face. It's scary. It's not doing it for you. Not Tom, doing it for me. It's very eighties Wax, as well. It's like something out of Howard's Way. <laughs> Triangle. Oh no! Oh no! Ken Dodd on the opposite. Ken Dodd, yeah, she's going to get. No, no. I'm sure she's very nice, Nicola Bryant. Finally, there's one more picture. She's not my cup of tea. Hope she's happy. She's happy wherever she is. There's not much in here of Melanie. She's nude right now. Possibly. Possibly she's doing it. Although she does have a bad back. She probably wouldn't be doing it not on a Saturday afternoon. That bit in the Air Zone Solution where she gives Colin Baker a. Job, jeez, Louise. What? Yeah. I'm so glad I never watched that tawdry nonsense when it came out. It would have disappointed me. And Sophie, oh, that's, very good sh- that's that's very that's a very good shot of Sophie. That's not porn. That's art. <laughs> Samuel There's a Payne fine line that, uh, above his uh, above his yes. uh, cabinet. Yeah. That's nice, Rob. So, it's a great book. It's, it's very thin. There's not much text in it. And I'll, I'll give you a little example. <laughs> you don't need it. <laughs> no, um, you spend out... Do you, do you have that every Boxing Day? Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Mum, sorry, Dad. I'm just going to go into my bedroom with the companions, as yeah. usual. Not a lot of text in it. <laughs> Here's an example a of... Fewer than 40,000 words. It, 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 the 40,000 of the words. Here's an example of the text in the Doctor Companions book. The Tardis Log. Name, James Robert McCrimmon. Occupation, paper. Paper. Origin, Scotland. Likes, haggis, wearing skirts, playing with his Dirk. Oh, Holly, <laughs> Victoria and Zoe. Dislikes, nasty cold draughts in awkward places, large furry beasties, jigsaws, being pampered by beautiful women. So it's all a bit, it is a bit sexy, isn't it? It's all a bit sexy. I'll tell you what, he who pays the piper plays the truth. <laughs> yes, very good. So I think this is a, this is a, a slight, um, it's a bit tawdry, this book. It is tawdry. It's porn with the Doctor Who logo on. I think David uh, J. Howe and Mark Stammers were having a bit of fun, weren't they? It sold very well at the time. I bet it did. It's hard. I think it's just a piece of fan wank because No, because the 60s and the 70s were actually quite good, I thought. Um, I thought they were entertaining and, and, and informative. But this, this is just filth. (laughs) <laughs> Ban this sick filth. I'm writing to the Daily Mail right now. I'm sure Mary Whitehouse would do something about this if she were alive today. Yeah. And she would have she would clap Paleo in irons for possessing such filth. She, she would. She can still see Katie Manning's bush in her mind's eye. Yes. For a whole week. <laughs> I'd give it three TARDISes out of five. Oh, it's a bit of fun. It's a bit of fluff. It's just, uh, 
I think I'm sexed out, you know. I, I yeah. can't cope with much more sex. Well, that's because we're old now. I know, I'm 37. I think I've had my sex for, you know. Yeah. You've <laughs> three, had it three times a year, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> Whether I want it or not. <laughs> like a bath. <laughs> Christmas Day, the Queen's birthday, and Roger Moore's birthday. <laughs> We've got an exceptional example of the uh, index file now. Oh, Christ, no, not IF. <laughs> I-E-I-F. Stands for index file. I thought we'd done away with IF last 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 well, week. I was such a shambles. I deliberately this time. Last week I accidentally forgot to bring the quiz books. <laughs> this week I've deliberately not brought the quiz books. <laughs> well. F- this is clearly the worst uh, segment. I even Everybody prefer... hates it. All our listeners fast-forward it. I think segment 28 is far better than this. <laughs> yes, but, then, but you have But you have a fresh idea to sex up... Um, the index file the this index week file. is consisting of us passing around the discontinuity guide written by Paul Cornell, Martin Day and Keith Topping. It's from the mid-90s. Topping. So, uh, the 90s saw a glut of this bullshit, didn't it? Oh, you it's know, they, they, weren't producing, they weren't producing Doctor Who, but the amount of books that were published about Doctor Who. These people just needed to get jobs, really, didn't they? Although Nicholas Briggs was a professional fan, wasn't he? And yeah, all the way so. until now he's doing the Dalek voices very badly. And tweeting about left-wing politics. And isn't, I find that a bit much. Isn't I'm he, a left-wing myself. I, I find his, uh, his, his stance right. a bit too oh, much for me. I agree with him wholeheartedly, but just give it a rest. <laughs> Same with, uh, what's that other one? Gareth... Uh, Gareth Ed, uh, Roberts. Roberts, yes. He tweets on the other side of the fence uh, politically. He's a righty. No, uh, yes. And, uh, and you just think, God, just just don't tweet about politics, both of you. They're, uh, they're both sort of annoying each other. Bless them. Well, I'm not listening. So this is a, so, so we're so passing we the discontinuity guide round. Right. We're going to read a line, which is in the double entendre section. <laughs> the problem is about this game is that and we have to guess. Where, we're not going to look at the book. Though. Okay, so close your eyes. Close your eyes. Greg and I just going to look into each other's eyes. So this is sexual. So I'm going to find. I'm going to find the doublon. Just just toss your way through the book. Oh crikey! What? What's that? Somebody at the door! There's somebody at the door! Somebody at the door! Somebody at the door! Okay, go and get the keys and you can. We'll do this section later. Go and let this person in. Should we let them in on there? On air? Who is it, Greg? It's Buddy Windrush! Ladies and gentlemen, it's Buddy Windrush! Let's have a round of applause for our listener. For our listener, yes. Who has just turned up. The bald wonder himself. Uh, be, 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 pol- be polite. Be polite. Oh yes, he said we'd be polite when he was here. Okay. He's uh, coming fresh from a gig. It's bloody Buddy Windrush. Sorry. Come on in, live on, on air. Sit down, sit down. Don't say anything. You're not. In, <laughs> you're not in this episode. We're about to. You no, are, no, no, you no. Can do, you can be. I shall be statin. I'll sit in the back. Okay. Right. Oh, we so, you can be part of this competition. Okay. The, we're just okay. at the end of episode two, and we've just got some double entendres. You have to tell us which story this is from. Buddy Windrush will know. He'll know if. We can somehow, if we can yeah. somehow lure that guard in, give him a good stiff jolt. <laughs> What's that from? Planets of the Daleks? No. A good stiff what? Jolt. Ooh. Ooh, Matron. I don't just know. Buddy Windrush doesn't know. I don't know. It sounds it's Terry Nation. Android invasion. It is Terry Nation. Oh, well, right, it's your turn, Greg. Find a, find a line in there. We're not going to get these, are we? No, we're not. But we can look at the book where he opens it in the book. <laughs> we can probably assume it's probably the fifth Doctor where he is at the moment. So let's have one more and then we'll, then we'll call it a day, I think. All right, enormous thrust. Oh, time flight. It's good, it's not right. Oh. Same season. All right, enormous thrust. Yeah. Is it Earthshock? 
it's Castrovalva, it's Tegan mentioning the master's uh, gun. Uh, one more for you, you put Sam, and then we'll come in. She'll not get far before one of my guards grabs her tally. <laughs> oh, uh, I think that's from uh, uh, Time Warrior. Time Warrior. Well done! Hey. Yay! What, a, what an ending. So, one last thing before we go. It's guess the loin. Guess the loin. Did anybody know? Would you like me to repeat the loin? Yes, can you repeat, repeat the loin? Yes. You think I don't know that? I have been here rather longer than you have. But danger's not going to scare me into doing nothing. It's a sexy line. Yes. It <laughs> it's not a terribly it's sexy line. not my dander. I don't know. I'm going to make a stab in the dark at Trout and, uh, Trout and Story. No, but you did say it was not... Doctor's line. I think it's episode four of Carnival of Monsters. You're close. Oh, you're close in the area. You're warm, for I'm sure. Warm. I yeah. like moist and warm. Yeah, you're moist and warm. Tell us, Sam. Tell us, Sam. Go on. Shall I put you out of your misery? Yeah. Give us a clue. Okay, it's spoken by an actor who is dead now. John Hurt. Um, <laughs> he's very tall, and he was in the Mind Robber. <laughs> And also in, in the, the Pertwee era. And in the Pertwee Is it Bernard Horsfall? It's Bernard Horsfall <laughs> as Weber oh. in Planet of the Daleks. Yes. Did you know that, buddy? Well, yes. <laughs> buddy Windrush <laughs> in the background. Yes. yes. He knows every line. I think yeah. Buddy Windrush should be our Ian Levine content advisor. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll hear more from him in episode three. Yes. <laughs> We're just going to pop off to the pub for a bite to eat. We'll be back in episode three. So, what's coming up in the next episode? Greg, do you know? Well, we're talking about uh, Simon McCorkindale, his life and legacy. At that time, in the very early 80s, I was one of the first English actors to go out there. Um, and finding it very difficult to break through because they felt that this English accent at eight o'clock in the evening on television was so, such anathema to an American Middle West audience. No. <laughs> You're confusing that with uh, Simon McCorkendale, almost but not only. <laughs> My career not as James Bond. <laughs> Coming up in the next episode is the Terry Nation Davros special, Tom. Oh, yes, so that's right. right. Yes, 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 I knew we were talking about something. Where isn't the time match? We're talking about Davros. Good, the bad, or just the fing ugly. <laughs> we rack them off. <laughs> In the order. <laughs> and Tom, you're in just Isles Library. Yes, I've read nearly all of the book. Doctor Who and the Genesis of the Dark. I've heard of that. It's supposed to be good. And the fascinating thing is Tom has read the American edition. All that and more in the next exciting episode of... Oh, the, the, the podcast we're doing. Doctor Who and the Complete Financial. Almost. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to that twaddle, you can follow us on Twitter at DW Menagerie. That's at DW Menagerie, and we'll be tweeting various photographs of our inside leg measurements and that sort of thing. Doctor Who is copyright to the BBC. No infringement on copyright is intended. You can support Doctor Who by purchasing merchandise such as books and magazines. Quiet, all of you. Any comments made by the complete menagerie, <laughs> almost, are all our own. You've been listening to a Sixth Floor production. Oh, God blimey, that's sexy, that is. <laughs>